I'm ready when they are. I don't know if they all will be ready. And he says, well, they said they're not ready for that. I'm like, okay, I can respect that. I'm all right with that. But I have my own boundary, just like they're setting their own boundary. Right. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Welcome to episode 227 of the Nacho Kids Podcast. This intro outro is going to be very short because David is not with me today. He's a little under the weather. I want to tell you that if you are getting ready to start a blend or struggling in your blend, go to nachokidsacademy.com and sign up for the Nacho Kids Academy, where you can do the Nacho Kids Boot Camp. You can take one of the 20 plus courses, and you can have an anonymous community to talk to myself and David and other members of the Academy. And there are two Q&A coaching calls a month. All right. Our guest today is a stepmom who has been blending for 10 years. She has three bio kids, three stepkids, and an hours kid. She didn't go in expecting to be the stepkids mom. But bio mom moved away, and they got the kids full-time. They went to family counseling. They were doing pretty good until bio mom called and said she was moving back. That created some issues, we will say. Bio mom was even a part of their church. And the preacher told bio mom she could not sit behind stepmom, stepmom's husband, which is bio mom's ex, and the kids because she was making ugly faces and disrupting the service. They decided to move. Bio mom followed them. Y'all, she followed them and moved like two blocks from them. And she would ride by their house real slowly. Talk about uncomfortable and stalkerish feelings. Yeah. So I'm not going to tell you too much more, but there's some crazy stuff in this podcast. If you think you've got a crazy bio mom, you can relate to these stories. So with that said, let's get to listening. Today, we have stepmom Kirsten. Hey, Kirsten, how are you? I am doing wonderful. How about you? Good. So tell us a little bit about your blend. Well, my blend started in 2013, and I moved from another state after my husband and I got married. I had three kids of my own from a previous marriage, and he had three kids from a previous marriage. And We always joke that we were kind of like the Brady Bunch, but it wasn't so much like the Brady Bunch at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not at all. No, (laughs) but it was kind of a shock. I, I guess I expected more than I did. I went in it just thinking that I was just another adult. I wasn't expecting to be called their mom or anything like that. I, you know, I was a perfect, you know, big stranger to them. Mm -hmm. And same with, you know, my husband to my kids and we hadn't been dating for too long, but it did feel absolutely right. But it was something that we tried to establish before getting married was trying to incorporate the same kind of rules in each household before we got married. Very smart. And yeah, which Ended up finding out that his kids were basically left to their own devices and he was working. 
he got, he had the kids 50, 50. And so when they got home, he wasn't home. So they were, you know, doing their own thing, kind of like following their own rules Mm -hmm. where my kids, like even before I went through my divorce, always had rules and boundaries. And I had gone through counseling and that it, that my counselor says that's the best thing to do and still incorporate even going through divorce is following, like having them follow rules and boundaries. Mm -hmm. And, but then I didn't really know that my stepkids didn't really have much of rules and boundaries from from their dad or even from their mom. And she ended up, their mom moved to Georgia And so he ended up getting them all the time. So when I moved to Colorado from Utah, my kids ended up being with me most of the time too. I had basically sole custody. So we had them all the time and they actually did better than we thought. We did feel like there were, you know, some little hiccups trying to blend which I think kind of blending the family is not so much of a term that should be used. I think of it more as like a toss salad. Mm-hmm. You know, you throw you throw in different personalities and ingredients to make a family and I'm not sure if they're going to blend very well. Right. <laughs> together. And hope for the best. Right. Yes, definitely hope for the best. But, you know, we we started doing like family counseling because we wanted to do the best by the kids and trying to get them to understand each other, see where they're coming from, what they had dealt with before becoming, you know, a blended family and also some of their weaknesses and strengths and what they went through through the divorce of their parents. And so to kind of have that understanding, but... I thought I felt like we were doing pretty well until their mom, my stepkids' mom, called one day and she's on Skype driving and she's like, I'm on my way. I'm moving back to Colorado. And the kids just like freaked out. They were upset. They they struggled a lot with their relationship with their mom. Mm-hmm. And we were always encouraging, setting those boundaries of like, you know, making sure schoolwork was done. Um, our family time was there too, but made sure that they communicated with with each of their parents and because they're part of them and it was it's part of their relationships. And we say, no matter what relationship you have, let's try and make it a healthy one. Right. And and so we encouraged a lot of communication. When she ended up moving here, she basically lived like two blocks away from us. Oh, wow. And that was super hard. And the kids were so upset. And she would show up our, at our house at random times, like banging on our door. And we ended up having to call the cops. It was just a very, very bad situation. And she demanded to have 50-50 back and ended up going to court for that. And the judge said, no, you left. It doesn't mean that you come back and you have 50-50, you interrupt the kids' lives again. So she had parenting time, but it was just like every other weekend kind of parenting time. And we just saw slowly a 
difference in the kids. They struggled with wanting to go over there because she would never encourage homework. And they were always worried that if they were able to do a project over at their ha- at her house, that she would have the stuff to do it. And they ended up staying with us while they were doing homework and, and projects and then going with her. And it would just kind of became a strange norm. And she would show up. We go to church. She would show up at our church. She was part of our church too. And she created issues to the point where in the congregation, our leader had to tell her that she could never like sit right behind us. She could sit to the side of us or in front of us, but she was giving us nasty looks and it was not a good situation for everybody in the congregation. Wow. Yeah. And so it just was extremely hard and the kids just kind of relapsed. I saw a lot of anger. We saw a lot of just sadness and they became withdrawn. And we decided we needed to move, not not too far away, but we moved into a different city, but it was like just an adjacent city from where we were living. And then she ended up moving and it was in the same location where she was still going to the same, a diff, it was a different church, but she was going to that church again. Mm-hmm. And she just kept following us. And then she ended up moving again, two blocks away from us. Oh my gosh. And it and she still does. She's still there. My stepkids are 22, 20 and 18 now, but it was super hard. Like her driving by her house and we'd be outside and she'd really slow down and like look at us. And that's creepy. Yeah. Very creepy situation. We struggled hard with it, and it was very hard on our marriage, too. And I was put in the situation where it was, you know, I'm home almost all the time, and my husband was working, and I felt like, you know, I'm trying to continue these rules and boundaries that we had established together, especially according to our kids' counselor. and it just seemed to be getting worse, not better. And we were finding out that they were being told a lot of stuff by their, their mom, that they didn't have to listen to me, that I wasn't their mom. And I never claimed to be, Right. but we did ask for respect in the home and kindness. And, you know, I'm like, think of me as an aunt. I don't care. Or think of me as just as a a friend of the family. Your dad's partner. Yeah. Yeah. And we, we asked for respect and you know, I, we had such an easier time with my kids. I don't understand exactly why, but my kids were very respectful to their stepdad. They still are. They I mean, my husband just had her had his birthday and my son just said, thank you for being a good father. I love you. And that meant so much to my husband. And to you, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I started crying when I saw what he wrote in the card. I was just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. this that means so much to me because they struggled with their own relationship with their own father. Mm-hmm. And to see that they had that good role model for them. Mm-hmm. And it meant something to them, meant a lot to me. 
I, I do feel like stepmoms get a big bad rap, you know, the evil stepmom. And I don't think it technically just comes from just the kids. It is the outside influences from it. And I mean, I'm like, well, we need to follow the rules and I expect everyone to follow the rules. And I just got a lot of, you know, pushback from his kids. And it is, like I said, got worse to the point where I asked each one of the kids to, you know, pull weeds in the backyard, a section of the backyard. And my, the youngest, my youngest stepson, he was 15 at the time, lashed out and was so mad. And I ended up leaving and he showed up at his mom's house with a bat and said, if I'm over there one more time again, I'm going to beat Kirsten in the face. And it just was really just a horrible experience. I'm like, I don't feel safe with him in my home. I, I can't even sleep at night if this is how he's going to be. And he ended up staying with his mom and we, we've seen a decline. He didn't graduate from high school. His mom always called him out of school, made excuses for him and didn't push him to go to school and get educated and get his, his diploma. Right. And he would have graduated this year with my son but he didn't. And then we've seen also another decline of like his older brother that's 22 has major anger issues, ended up punching his sister in the face like five times and had a restraining order. And there's just different things that we know have like gone down a bad path ever since, unfortunately, she moved back here. Yeah, And we have mutual friends and they can't even be friends with her anymore because they, she just goes off on us and she struggles with her own mental health. And I know that by when we talk to her and she, and the kids see that the kids know, have told us that she's bulimic and anorexic and has had to seek her own help for it. And I'm like, well, it's great if she's getting help. I want her to get as much help as she can for herself and for her children and to become better. But it's been, it's been a rough road with that. And to the point where even my husband and I were talking about getting a divorce because it was so hard on my kids mm -hmm. and I didn't want them to be part of the chaos that was happening with his kids. I mean, we loved and care, cared about each other, but it was just too much, too much. Yeah. Too much. Mm -hmm. And my kids don't even want to be around his kids anymore. If they come over, we leave the house. I don't trust them. And we have a son together. He's going to be five and he loves his siblings, but he can see who he can count on and who we can't count on as his siblings. Mm -hmm. And that saddens me. But I, we need solid people in his life. I don't want him going down the same path as feeling like he's not loved or cared for or he's the reason why they left. 
He questions why they aren't here all the time or why he doesn't see them. Mm-hmm. And it, it's super sad. And the only one that we have seen more recently is my stepdaughter that is 20. And she's even come out and said, I have made so many mistakes and treated you so horribly and has apologized, has taken accountability for her actions. Awesome. But her brother, she's like, I know my brothers are being like fed so much stuff from my mom that they're not going to to leave until they see it themselves. Mm-hmm. That's such a bad situation. Yeah, it's been it's been hard. I'm mean, like, I say being a set stepmom is harder than being a mom. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah, I just like, I don't know if I would choose it again. If I had seen everything, how it is now, (laughs) been able to have a crystal ball and see what happened. Right. I don't, I don't think I would have chosen it. Well, at one point I would have agreed with you pre-nacho, but now I would. And for several reasons, number one it strengthened mine and David's relationship. Number two, our kids saw us fight for our marriage. Number three, I love David. And the fact that, of course, our story and the Nacho Kids method is helping other people. So I would do it again. I honestly wish I would have found you earlier because I... Once I found you, I was really like feeling validated and feeling like I need to separate myself from your kids and let you just handle my husband's name is David as well. (laughs) And I was like, I want you to be able to have a relationship with your kids. I want you to focus on that. I understand if you want me to be a part of that, but I want you to strengthen that relationship. And if it's like, if you feel like it's completely solid and you want to you know, start introducing me back into that relationship. I'm fine with that, but I'm still dealing with the aftermath of how they've treated me. And so I'm not mentally in that spot where I'm ready. I'm like, I need to focus on my kids because again, like having gone through divorce, I felt like my kids got put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. I always, I was not focusing on them. Then when I was single, I felt like I was able to focus on them a lot more. Then when I got married and then I felt like I was dealing with a lot of like his kids and and their mom and stuff, I felt like my kids got put last again. Mm -hmm. I go, I can't keep doing that. My kids are coming first for me and your kids should come first for you. We come first to each other. But when it comes to the kid department, we need to... (laughs) focus on our relationships with their own children. And I said, if you want to focus, cause my kids still live in the home. Mm-hmm. And I said that he knows that I need to just focus on my relationship with them. And I talked to them about the rules and boundaries and he'll, he'll back me up on a lot of things, which is great. And my daughter that is 20 She has had a hard time with male authority because of her own father. So it was, I had to tell him that you're not part of these conversations with her, not because you're a bad person or I don't want you to be, 
she just is not ready there mentally herself. Right. And if she wants to include you in there, then she knows that she can ask that. Mm -hmm. And so I think he had a harder time having that with his own kids because he didn't know what to say or how to say it or what not to say Mm -hmm. because he knows that they were like fighting like this mental fight with their own mom. And it was hard for him to see that. Right. And they ended up just leaving our house, all three of them and living with her, but how they went about it was heartbreaking for me to see my husband go through. Oh, I can't imagine. I don't want you to go through that again. Right. I'm like, I saw how much, you know, pain you were in because they just left and they didn't want to have anything to do with you, which I see how much he loves his kids. He is a good father and he loves my kids and he loves our son. And he is such an awesome father. And it just broke my heart seeing him in so much pain. And so you do have an hours kid. Yes, I have an hours kid. Yes, we do. How long had Bio Mom been gone for before she came back? Oh, for a total for them, she was gone for almost five years. That's a long time. Yeah, a very long time. Yeah. Especially when she thought she could get back into 50-50 and that's what the kids were really freaking out about and upset about. And that didn't happen. Right. And she was, she was pretty mad after that. And she would, she would call a a child family services a lot on us. And our kids were pulled into an office at the school talking to child family services because of claims that, we were harming her kids or a funny part was that we had decorated our house where I had some chairs up on the wall Mm -hmm. and we made a joke that that was our timeout chair. And we were, we're like, man, can you imagine you sitting up there in timeout? Well, that got back to her and she called child family services on us because we, because, Oh, they put them on in timeout on the wall. And we had them come and visit us and they saw that it was just a decorative thing. And it was, it was kind of almost comical. We had to find the comic relief in a lot of stuff that we were going through because it was just so crazy to think that that's how far she would go. And then that we would drag her daughter up and down the stairs. And when the weather was bad, And we would have them do physical things if they got in trouble, like go for a run. If you can't run around outside in our cul-de-sac a few times, we want you to go up and down the stairs, like run up and down the stairs like 10 times. Mm -hmm. And she said that we were dragging them up and down the stairs and we're like, no, that wasn't happening. No. And her kids would tell her multiple times that that's not what happened but she would take it and twist it. And we had them visit us probably in a span of like uh, probably two years. We had them come to our house like a dozen times. It's, it's interesting how this happens. The mom causes all these problems. The kids weren't happy about her moving back for a reason. 
Right. And then all of a sudden, she's what matters. Yeah. And I think a lot of it really, truly does have to do with the guilt those kids feel for not wanting her to come back into town, for not really wanting her to be back in their lives because they they were doing well with y'all. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then it turns to, we're going to live with mom. She's the greatest. And sometimes I think it is because it's the easy way out, meaning mom's not going to make me go to school. Mom's not going to make me do chores. But a lot of times I think it's the guilt that's placed on them from what happened when they were younger. And it's, well, we spent this much time with dad. We need to spend time with mom. That's not fair. It's like they try to do the right. fairness thing. Yeah, I can I can definitely see that. I do think that there's also that guilt from her that's directly placed on them. Yes. And it makes it hard for them to separate what is really the truth and what's not. Like, do I feel that way? And you and they question themselves. Yeah. So and it just puts so much pressure on them where they shouldn't have that pressure. Right. It's like they should feel like it should be natural for them to want that, but feeling guilty for spending more time with your dad than you, their mom that gave birth to you is is pretty pretty harsh and pretty extreme and so hard to deal with. Yeah. And you hope that one day they'll realize which is the better life for them to try to strive for. Right. Yeah, I keep hoping. And I, like I said, I, I do see it with my stepdaughter. She's coming around, but she's no longer living with her. Yeah, she's out from that influence. Yep, she's out on her own. And she says, I could feel the difference. She bought her first car. She's feeling more independent. And she knows that if her brothers did the same, that they would feel even better about themselves. Right. And she's been upset because both of her brothers, you know, the 18-year-old and the 22-year-old have been dealing with some drug issues now. And she's like, I didn't feel like I needed, could stay because it had become extremely toxic it was be, it was toxic before the drugs, but it became more toxic. Right. And it's been good. I, I kind of, I'm a little standoffish with her. I let her in a little bit at a time, especially, you know, I've been through my own counseling and, and I explain it to my kids the same way is you need to have boundaries. It's okay to have boundaries. It's healthy to have boundaries. And you have your house. You can invite anyone that you want in your house, but you could always kick them out. Like, I am, don't want you in my house. Then you have your yard where people are welcome in your yard and you'll seldomly invite them into your house so that you can converse with them. But if they've crossed that boundary, then they can go back out in your yard. Right. And then you have the picket fence around your, your yard. And outside that picket fence is some people that you just know you cannot invite in because it causes way too much problems for yourself and for your mental health. And 
just how you're feeling overall. Because my daughter explains a lot to me that when people make me feel really bad about myself, I don't want to be near them. And I said, you don't have to be near them. You could be like, I can't have you with me right now. This is too much. You're not making me feel good about myself, but talking to me so badly and, and different things. And I'm like, and she feels guilty sometimes for, you know, expressing that. And I'm like, I understand if you feel that guilt, especially if it's somebody that's supposed to be loving and caring towards you, but know that it's not about you. If they're making you feel that way, not making you, but saying things that incite these feelings within you and you know, it's not safe for you. That is okay. Right. Yes. And I think it's important that we express how important boundaries are. And I think a lot of times, a lot of us don't want to place those boundaries because it's uncomfortable. We don't want to hurt the other person. We don't want the other person to feel like we don't care or whatever the case may be. There's a lot of guilt with creating boundaries. Right. And it is important that we set those healthy boundaries, but we have to be careful that the boundaries we set, that we are okay with the result of those boundaries. Yeah, and I agree with you. And that's kind of similar to with how I was explaining it to my husband, because he was not happy with my boundary with his kids, that I'm not okay with his kids coming over here and just hanging out without trying to discuss or clear the air a little bit, because I felt like everything's been so brushed under the rug and not talked about. I'm like, they're all adults now. Why can't we have an adult conversation and figure some things out? Because I don't feel comfortable with them being here with our son too. And because they, when they did come over here, everything seemed fine. And then his youngest would go back to his mom and like make up stuff. And then I went, then it was just like, this avalanche of drama and issues and him going to school and telling his sister, cause she was still living in our home. You can't say Kirsten's name around me because it gives me anxiety. I suffer from PTSD from her. And we're like, what just happened? <laughs> because he was just at our house last weekend, apologizing for his behavior. Then he turns around and makes it something else. So I was like, I can't trust them coming over here and like taking everything that was said and turning it and twisting it just the same way as their mom has done in the past. Mm -hmm. I go, I'm past this drama. We have had some peace in our home because they haven't brought that drama back in. And I'm like, I can't keep having this. I, we have our blended, our little boy to worry about too. How's it going to affect him? I go, I'm okay when they're ready to talk about life in our home when they were here and the issues that were here. When they're ready, I will be ready. But I also can't trust myself too. For if they come over, I can't trust myself to not say anything Mm -hmm. because I hate things being brushed under the rug. I do believe that things need to be talked about. And to a point resolved and, you know, 
figure it out so that we could press forward and maybe having them over as like with family events. Mm -hmm. So, but right now I'm not comfortable with that. And he was like, well, what if I want them here? I go, you can have them here. I just don't want to be here if they're going to come over. Right. And my kids don't want to be here. So if you want them in our home, let me know and we can go do something else. And you can spend time with them in our home. I'm okay with that, but I'm not ready until they can say, Hey, I need to, I would like to, you know, sit down and talk to Kirsten and try and figure things out or, you know, make some kind of effort in a positive direction of being accountable because that's what his boys really lack is accountability in their actions. Right. And I'm like, I'm ready when they are. I don't know if they all will be ready. And he says, well, they said they're not ready for that. I'm like, okay, I can respect that. I'm all right with that. But I have my own boundary, just like they're setting their own boundary. Right. And here's the thing. When you're not telling him your kids can't come to my house. Right. You are saying when your kids come to visit, my kids and I do not want to be here. So we need notice. Right. Simple. He can still see his kids. Yeah, it's not ideal, but it's okay. I was going to say this a minute ago. When our stepkids hurt our significant others and they come back in the picture, our significant others are, of course, going to forgive them quickly. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Whereas we carry that hurt that we saw our partners carry because of those kids. So we carry some anger and resentment towards those kids because of how they treated their parent. Yep. I, yes, that's exactly what I I carry. I'm like, I think it's like, I'm almost scared to deal with it again. I'm like, it hurts so bad for me, how they treated me. And it hurts so bad seeing what my husband was going through. That is just like, there is that fear and I'm okay with facing that fear. But are they okay with facing the fear of having to take accountability? And that's going to have to be their decision. Okay. Here's the thing, though. You, and I hope you don't get upset with me telling you this. No, no. You may be needing that, but they don't need to give it. And when I say that, it may be where I get it. You want to sit down and you want to hash this out and you want to, say everything that's hurt you and address the issues and let everybody know how you felt or how um, things were perceived and just to make it better, to go from there. Okay, this was in the past. We've addressed it. Yes, it hurt me. Yes, it hurt you. Sorry, let's move on. Some people don't have to do that. Right. I agree. And But this can be accomplished. You can say your piece peacefully. And you can tell the kids in the past there has been some behaviors or some incidences, incidences, incidents (laughs) that have caused pain on both sides that we all need to heal from in order to be able to grow. And We had to do that. I was where you are. I had to heal from that because 
that was the hurt I was carrying. Yeah. They don't care. I, and it's not that they don't care. They don't care. It's that's water under the bridge to them. Let's reset. Let's reset the button. Right. And uh, I do feel like it, it is a continual thing that is happening with his kids, though, because when the oldest that's 22, like, beat his sister in the face, they took it as we were siding with her because there were some things that happened before he ended up doing that. And it's not that I was, we were siding with her. It was like, you guys need to figure it out. Mm -hmm. What is the core issue of why this happened? And we're not going to condone your behavior and we won't condone her behavior. But, you know, not saying that she did right up until the moment you punched her, but you didn't do right either by punching her. Right. And then you got in trouble and ended up getting a restraining order and having to go to court. And now he's on probation. And so it's like, these are your choices that you're making, not ours. Your dad's going to love you no matter what, but he's not going to condone and be happy with your choices when you're choosing things that are harmful. Right. But that happened between them. Yeah. And that did. Right. And it's just interesting that it, it comes back on me. Like, it's weird that I feel like I'm always like this scapegoat when it comes to his kids, even their mom. Like, I am, I'm the issue. I'm the problem. That's why that they did these kind of things is because of the trauma that I put them through. Of course. And so it's like, yeah, I could see that. But now I can also see they're making their, their sister that's 20, the scapegoat now. Like they've moved on from me. Now they're putting it on her. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. And I, I, I've got to honestly say I have healed a lot since they haven't been living in our home. And I haven't had the desire to like have like this relationship with them. Mm-hmm. I'm always like telling my husband, I totally support you and what you feel you need to do to continue your relationship with your children. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day we'll be able to be all together and hang out and do a big family thing. But until then, I I do see that there needs to be a lot of healing on his end with his kids. His kids have a lot of healing and figuring out what to do in their young adulthood. And I'm not like sad you know, in right. the corner crying that I'm not part of that. <laughs> yeah, your your life <laughs> goes want, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want to be part of like what's going on with my kids. And that's what brings me happiness and peace yep. is that they're doing well and I'm wor- we're working on our relationship in that sense. If there is a day that we can come together and we talk about things, yeah, they may not. I've tried that before with my oldest stepson. And I've tried to have a conversation. He's like, I already talked to my mom about it. I don't need to talk to you about it. I'm like, okay. Even though it had to deal with him and I in the situation. I'm like, I kind of chuckled at it. I'm like, okay. (laughs) All right. right." I'm like, that makes no sense to me. I just feel like we keep brushing things under the rug. But if you're good, whatever, you know, and I just kind of let it go. But can I challenge you to do something? Yes. Can I challenge you to think about being around the stepkids without having this meeting 
or without having the discussion of what happened in the past with the thought that it is a step to possibly get to that point of having that talk. Because you, right now, that doesn't feel like there's any relationship. I do have, I'm slowly having a relationship with my stepdaughter. Right. And that's great. And then I did see my husband's birthday was on Sunday and his oldest son, he was here. He was hesitant to be here. He could, because not because of me, but because of his sister, Mm -hmm. because they hadn't seen each other since the restraining order was dropped. And so, and he's got a daughter of his own now. And he didn't really want to be around her. And I showed up, we came back to the house and they were still here. And I was like, how are you doing? And he's like, I'm doing, I'm like, well, that's all we can do. You know, we actually were pleasant, but we didn't have like a deep conversation. Right. Didn't want him to. I also know it's like all in the timing. I don't want to be like trying to ruin my husband's birthday, you know, like let's have this conversation. Right. And so, and you know, and I didn't feel like it was necessary at that time anyway, or that we needed it. I know he's dealing with his own stuff with being on probation and he just lost his job, that kind of thing. It's all in the timing. And I don't, I don't feel like I need to have it. And I feel like I, that's lessening as time goes by, right. like needing to sit down and have that conversation. Right. It would be cool. It would be nice. It would be good that we would eventually mm-hmm. but i'm okay if we don't right and, and i get it it's yeah I, I guess i was looking at it as maybe a couple of icebreaker type right. interactions prior to the time when the meeting is good and i don't know that a meeting needs to be scheduled or anything like that oh no but you said that stepson has a kid yes well first of all how old is your hours kid Ours kid is almost five and my, you know, my granddaughter, she was super cute. When I saw her, she came up and was like, Grandma Kirsten, that was the very first time she's called me that Uh and gave me a hug and just melted my heart. But she is 10 months younger than our son. Oh, cool. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting. Like he's her uncle, you know, (laughs) and less than a year older. Yeah. <laughs> so do you see this granddaughter often? Uh, not often. I am because his his wife, they're getting a divorce. My oldest stepson, they're getting a divorce because of their own issues. And I've talked to his wife a lot and she's dealing with a lot with him. And she doesn't trust her daughter to be over at over my stepson's mom's house Mm -hmm. she doesn't there's big wedge there of issues but I do get to see her often because my son my youngest son my blended and her just absolutely get along so well love each other look forward to spending time together and we're hoping that that can get better Mm -hmm. but my stepson is very hesitant to bring her over for me be around me and he not I'm not sure if it's hesitancy but just the willingness because of his own mom like his own mom does not want you to be grandma yeah 
She yeah. doesn't. Right. But I get more of the support from his wife and her mom because she was fed a lot of lies from my stepkid's mom. Mm -hmm. And then we didn't know each other. And then we met each, we saw each other in Walmart and we were talking because I only noticed that my, my granddaughter was there and we started talking and she's just like, I am so sorry for totally assuming that you were somebody you were not Mm -hmm. because of what somebody else told me. Yeah. And she goes, obviously that somebody else was your stepson's mom. And I'm like, I get that a lot. I get that a lot. People totally paint me in a different picture until they meet me and things are different. Right. Yeah. People don't know you till they know you. Yeah. And I'm like, that's my, always like my motto. I'm like, don't take, you know, gossip and think about somebody and think that that is who they are. You learn for yourself if that, if it's, they're like that. And don't go in there with this preconceived notion that there's somebody that they're not by just what somebody else told you. And so, yeah, it's been kind of interesting, but she talked to me and she's like, we need to have her come over to your house more and spend time with you. And I I said, we would love that. I know my husband does not get to see, see his granddaughter much at all. Right. And the fact that your son is so close in age, I mean, it's a play date. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they love it. They love it. That yeah, I would definitely go through her. That way it doesn't put stepson in a loyalty bind with yeah, his mom. That's definitely what it is. Yeah. yeah. And I get it. It's funny. Well, it's not really funny. We say it's funny. <laughs> that yeah. people really think that when the kids turn eighteen and they move out, that things I don't want to say just go away, but that things will be so much better. And they are to a degree, but there are still challenges that we experience as step-grandparents and adult parents and dealing with the ex at functions like weddings and births. And there's still so much that reminds you that you are in a blend. Right. Yeah, I, I have seen it lessen. From both ends, I feel like it's lessened on my end with my ex and lessened on my husband's end as well. I mean, I remember being so caught up and having emails and stuff like that with our exes and stuff like that, that it just was way too much. Oh, my gosh. We had to end up setting our own boundary. Okay, we only answer once a week. Yep. (laughs) And you would spend hours replying to their email. Oh, yeah. A simple response would have been, okay. And that's what I started doing. We did the same thing. We'd get an mm-hmm. email from the ex, and, you know, you pick a party, report, feel like you have to address every accusation and all this crap. You don't. It's irrelevant. No, we, and learning to, like, keep the emotion out of it. Yes. It's just kind of being, like, straightforward. You say kind of, like, it's called the gray rock method. Just gray rock them. Well, we talk about when you're alone with a stepkid because your partner has to work or whatever, and you're the only option. If you take the emotion out of it and kick into babysitter mode, it makes it easier. Yeah, that's true. So, like you just said, if you take the emotion out of things, it 
it makes it easier, but it also makes it I don't know, more peaceful. I see that. Yes. <laughs> yes. More peaceful. So let me ask you, what would you do differently? Now, don't give me the answer if you wouldn't do it because that's not, well, that is differently, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> right. I do think, like I said, like before, if I would have learned what I know now from Nacho Kids, that w- has already brought me peace like towards the end of like before they became like adults. Mm-hmm. If I would have known that at the beginning, it would have been so different. But I do feel like having gone through some counseling as a family, I think the direction from counselors is different from Nacho kids. Yes. Love them like your own. Show them more love. Right. And I think I would go into it knowing that I'm going to love them differently than my own children. Yes. And that's okay. Right. Because I would, I heard a lot of things at the beginning that you should love them just as much as you love your own children. Yep. And I didn't feel that way. And I felt guilt Mm -hmm. for not feeling that way. Right. And I try, I think I tried too hard to find it. Oh, yeah. And tried too hard to bring conformity of like, okay, my kids are used to to this. And his kids weren't used to rules and boundaries. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't push that on them. And I feel like if we would have treated the situation better or differently or more individually pertaining to each child, mm-hmm. I do think it would have been better. But mainly to go into thinking that I don't have to love them like my own children. I do love them because they are my partners, my husband's children. And right. he loves and cares about them so much, but it's not going to be at the same level as the feeling I have for my own children. And do you think that's okay? Because like I said, when it was told so many times that, oh my gosh, you can't believe you don't love them like your own kids. And I, I was heartbroken because of that. I'm just like, well, what can I do differently? Like there was something wrong with me. Yes. <laughs> And the but, only thing wrong with you is thinking that you need to love them like your own. Yeah. I, let's let's put this in a different light. And this just popped in my head. You have a 1969 Camaro. I love that car. <laughs> Am I going to love it the same if you have it as if I have it? Absolutely not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we tried to say that we're supposed to love all these kids like our own. But wait a minute, the kids don't love you like their own, number one. Number two, you can't force these relationships. And it's okay. Some people don't jive with each other. Not everybody has to like you, and you don't have to like everybody, but you do have to be decent to people. Yes, I agree. Yes. Well, Kirsten, thank you for being a guest, and I want you back. I know I say this to everybody, but I really do. (laughs) Because I want to see how things change over the next year with your relationships with these kids or the granddaughter and things like that. Because 
I know I've got two step-grandbabies, and I love them. I love them to death. I could just eat them up. But I also (laughs) know that when I have my own grandbabies, it'll be different. Yeah, and that's what I'm, you know, my kids are far from probably having kids of their own. So Mm -hmm. I know it's going to be different then, too. but. I know that I, I absolutely love my granddaughter, my step-granddaughter. She's just the cutest thing. And she's coming around to knowing who I am too. And I think that's a confusing thing for little kids as well. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yeah. So I just want to make sure that she can have some healthy relationships and on our side, because I know it's a struggle on her, on her dad's side. So the more healthy relationships she can have, the better off she'll be too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I can't put that all on myself. And that's what I tend to do. I put it all on myself. (laughs) We do. We do. And that doesn't help anybody. Right. Yeah. Well, I would absolutely love to, you know, give you a follow up on things, how it go in the next year. Yeah. So put a note in your calendar, June of next year. Contact the nacho lady (laughs) and come back on and tell us how things are going. That sounds wonderful. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. As you heard, this stepmom has decided that she and her kids won't be home when her husband's kids come to visit. She's not saying they can't come, but she's saying she won't be there. Is that an unrealistic boundary? Depends on the situation. And your viewpoint and your perception. Based on everything the stepmom has told us, no, I do not think that is an unrealistic boundary. And like a lot of people that we talked to, she wished she had found out about Nacho Kids sooner. Again, as I stated in the intro, if you are getting ready to blend, or if you are unhappy in your blend and seem to be struggling, please join the Nacho Kids Academy so we can help you. And that's it, folks. Join us next week when hopefully David will be back. And until then, remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.